2 Timothy 3. We're going to read verses 1 through 9, but remember, I'm a teacher, and I like to recapitulate or review each week, then pick up where we left off. But however, last week we began to talk under this general theme, true worship. We used the subheading, serving or segregated. Will you say that? Serving or segregated. As a child of God, as a believer, someone whom God has placed within the body of Christ, we are called to serve. But unfortunately, sometimes we go from serving to becoming segregated, separated, disconnected, distant. We become, we get to that place where we are no longer connected to the group. But it's God's desire that you stay connected to the vine. He is divine. So, and his church, we, the ecclesia, the church we are part of, we are a part of the body of Christ. So you have a place and you have a purpose. That's why when you get to the place of understanding what I mean by that, by spiritual understanding or spiritual maturity, when you get to that place, it's good to consult God as to my place in the body of Christ. It may not be the home church where I grew up at. It may be, but it may be that God is leading me somewhere else. So it's good that I know the voice of God as to where he wants me because the place that he wants you to be, that is the place where you will gain the advantage. Why? Because I am in the place of God. Again, you can be somewhere. The word is good. The worship is good. The people are nice, but there is no anointing there for you. Just like the girl we use sometime in the Gospels who was bent over. And it wasn't until Jesus came to the synagogue and noticed that you are a child of covenant. You are a daughter of Abraham. Woman, thou art loose. A woman who have been bound for 18 years going to a place of worship but didn't get her breakthrough until the anointing showed up. And I said that to say this. You can go anywhere, but if there's no anointing there for you, you just had a good time but no breakthrough. You want to be where there's going to be breakthrough through for me. Are you with me? So it's vitally important that you understand I want to be in the place where God has called me. Now notice last week I said this message is prophetic in nature, so we want to make sure that I am hearing what Holy Spirit is saying. So he who has ears to hear, let him, let her, her hear what the Spirit of God is saying. Then he said that we are to slow down and test ourselves to see whether or not we are in the faith. To do what? To see whether or not we are in the faith and living our lives as committed believers. Notice, and we're going to see this in a minute, Paul was talking to the church at Corinth. He said, test and evaluate yourselves. Now, he's not talking about test whether or not to see you are saved, but test your spiritual act of worship. Are you who you say you are? Are you with me? So we either serving or segregated. And in the church, all the attention should go on Jesus or should be on Jesus or directed toward Jesus. There are no big eyes in little use. He is the only one that is to be worshipped. And I say that to say so nobody is too good to serve. The doctor is not too good to serve. The lawyer is not too good to serve. The judge is not too good to serve. The, the, the teacher is not too good. The blue collar, white collar, yellow collar, whatever collar, you are not too good to serve. Are you with me? And one of the things that has happened to the church, and we're going to see this when we get to 2 Timothy, is that the church, much of the church, has lost its passion, its desire to serve. So they have went, to, uh, went from being like Jesus. I didn't come to serve, but to, I didn't, no, I'm sorry, I didn't come to be, no, you Bible now. Yeah, yeah, somebody said preach it now, redo that. I didn't come to be served, but to serve. So we got a people now who, who, who's not joining to serve, but to be served. In other words, Brother Moore, there's hidden agendas, private motives behind why we want to be connected now. 
And, and you have some people, unless they see an opportunity whereby they can get the advantage, they're not going to serve. Unless I can lead. Unless I can be in the forefront. Unless I can be over this or that. No, 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 no. I have a heart to serve. And here's the thing you got to understand about serving. Listen. The only person that you should be concerned about who sees you is the Lord. And as long as he sees you, that should be good enough for me. Because here's the thing about God. When God decides to elevate you, pastor can't stop him, the uh, uh, reverend so-and-so, apostle, bishop, member, this member, that, nobody can stop God when he wants to elevate you. And promotion comes from... <laughs> from the Lord. So, 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 so we have went from being a collaborative people to a competitive people, and that should not be so in the bite of Christ. It's not about competition. It's about collaboration. It's about being unified. It's about working together. When you say this, there's a purpose for my place. Anyone who wishes to become great among us, and we said this last week, among others, must first be a servant. See, I got to, again, the way to go up is to go down, is to be humble. Oh, are you here? Jesus did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And, and again, I mentioned to you earlier that word serve, it literally, in the Greek, it literally means to minister. One who waits on a guest. It literally means Kicking up dust because you're on the move. Yeah, look it up in the Greek. One, kicking up dust because you're on the move. It's, no, 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 I'm, I'm busy about serving. I don't have time to do that. Why? Because I'm engaging in serving. There's a work that my master has me to do, and I'm busy about my father's business. So it means one who waits on a guest or literally one who kicks up dust because you are on, are you on the move? Are you kicking up dust at your prospective ministries, whether you're in here visiting or whether you're watching me via e-church? Are you an individual who was serving aggressively? Notice it's one who waits on a guest. It gives the, the idea again of a server. And the best way to explain this is, at, again, if you've ever been in a high-end restaurant, the servers, they serve with excellence. You never see them get turned up like they do, no reflection on Applebee's, Old Charlie's, <laughs> uh, uh, or some other places, Longhorn, Olive Garden. God bless those places. But there are places that when you go, I'm just going to use one, just want to just say uh, Chops Lobster Bar for those of you who are in Atlanta. Who's anybody ever been there? Anybody ever been there before? Okay. Okay. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, the service there. They serve with excellence, shirt tucked in, neatly pressed. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. And you never see them get agitated. It's, it, 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 the food is not to your temperature, so I would be gladly to replace it. They don't get turned up like they do at some of these other places. Like you got to eat it. Ma'am, this is the wrong temperature. What's wrong with it? <laughs> That's what you asked for. Are you with me? It, you have to experience it, and I'm saying that to say the, the attention is about you. And the reason why they're not aggressive and agitated and acting ugly because they understand I'm here to serve you. I want your experience Amen. to be in such a manner, watch this, that the next time you are in this city, this is where you already know 
you're going to die. It's the same way. We should serve in such a way that when people visit or when people become partners, that, that, that we serve in such a way that they anticipate and look forward to coming back. Are you here? So, so you have to ask yourself, am I one who is kicking up dust relative to serving? And remember, you have to go, you have to deny yourself. And you will never serve others when there's pride. pride. Because pride wants all the attention on self. That's where humility comes in. Real quickly, I'm not going to spend any much time here, but to the marriage people. You want to see your marriage go to the next level? Learn how to serve one another. That's, I'm going to leave it right there and keep, we're going to move on. We're going to move on. Because once, see, you're so busy dying to self to please the other, we both come out on top. But when one wants all the tea, oh, it's my way and how I say it and how I do it. And, and, and the other person, see, you, you're being proud. And just let me say this even to the husbands. If you married, quote, unquote, a woman of God, don't be too proud to receive the wisdom from your woman of God, as you say. She should be able to do more than suggest a meal or how you want your plate, or how you would like the room, or this, or that. Clean. No, 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 no. I should be able to receive the wisdom of God from the woman of God. I don't know who that was for. <laughs> She's more than a doormat or just your yes, ma'am, and, and whatever you say that. Go, no, no, I have heard from the Lord too, sir. And I submit to you, sometimes it's the woman hearing more so than the man. In a lot of cases, uh, y'all woke up now. Okay, you with me now, right? Okay, all right. All the women got on board. But you have to ask yourself, is God in this proper place in my life? Where should God be in your life? Where? Okay. He should be first. Then, too, we said worship is not something that we should do out of convenience. It's not something you do if I'm free. No, I get to worship. I get to serve. Are you here? Then we talk about, we, we went to Ecclesiastes. We talked about King's, King Solomon and how he gives us, and it's good to read uh, Ecclesiastes. Maybe you could do that in your leisure this week, and I mentioned it last week. But it's a book, uh, it's a book about perspective, and he gives us this autobiographical tour of his life, and he, re he reveals the desolation. I said this last week. In, in, in Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes, excuse me, Solomon, he reveals the desolation, devastation, and depression that's inescapable whenever we're seeking happiness in worldly things. You can't find happiness in toys. You can't. You can't find happiness in toys, man, <laughs> in things. Because here's the thing. The more you get, the more you realize it's not satisfying that void. How many black shoes do you need? <laughs> I'm just saying. How many pairs of do you really need? It's not like you, you can only one, wear one pair. At a time. So, and I'm saying that, say, do I have to have it now? I'm just hipping somebody down. Do I have to have these now? I do have a pair of brown shoes, several pairs. Do I have to have this pair now? Does the church have a need? Perhaps I could, Lord, what should I do with it? I have plenty of them now. Are you here? So Solomon, he gives us a chance to see the world through the eyes. You got to remember, he had it all. He was greater in riches, wisdom than all the kings of the earth. Earth, He had pristine, prestige, the finest of everything. But none of these things gave him a real sense of meaning. You, you know what he arrived at? He said, all of this stuff is nothing but vanity without God. It's worthless. It's meaningless. Meaningless without God. And see, it's not just about having God in your life, 
but it's about having God first in your life. That's what gets me about a lot of believers. Yeah, I can, I, I'm, a, I'm a Christian. God's in my life. Yeah, but is he first in your life? Because if he's first in your life, your actions would demonstrate. The way you live would demonstrate that God is first in your life. I, I, I say that because the way we live our lives is an indication of what's important to us. And we live our lives based upon priorities. So if something is a priority, you will know by my actions toward this thing. Are you here? So he said the conclusion of the whole matter is to serve God. Let me show you. Okay, you see it. I just want to hear the reference that. When all has been heard, the end of the matter is what? Fear God, worship him with all fear reverence, knowing that he is almighty and he keeps his commandments and keep his commandments for this applies to every person. For God will bring every act to judgment, every hidden and secret thing, whether it's good or bad. In other words, you have to give an account for how you served. Then we went to 2 Corinthians where we've seen the church at Corinth who were being deceived by false prophets begin to, and as a result of what they were saying, these people began to question the Apostle Paul whether or not if he was authentic or not. It's almost like, you know how, uh, you know what people mean to you, people done for you. I use myself as an example, pastor, whoever. And you let the wrong person get in your ear. Now, you forget, you forget about all the good that they've done for you, to you. Then you begin to question their integrity based off someone who's operating out of a spirit of wickedness or offense. So they began to question Apostle Paul, doubting whether or not he was an true apostle. Then they began to ask for his credentials, some of your paperwork. Are you here? Then my thing, do you ask for receipts of people? Have you ever, just, just, just for your hearing, Next time you go to the dentist, anywhere, doctor, whatever, ask for his credentials. Or you just trust. You do know there are people who've been known to act as counterfeit, sets up office. Are you here? So you have to be careful when you get in this BBL. You better know. No, ask for credentials. Y'all don't know what a BBL is? Okay, okay, well, why y'all looking at me strange? I'm, I'm trying to speak in a way where you understand what I'm saying. So before you do that, you're going to make sure, are you qualified to give me this Brazilian behind lift? Are you here? Are you with me? So we went to, where were we at? 2 Corinthians 3.15. Now, and here, 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 here's the thing. Apostle Paul was like, okay, you want credentials? You want proof? You're my proof. He said, rather than looking at me, you check yourselves whether or not you are committed to this thing. You are my proof. See, when you came to me, you was tore up from the floor, on your way to somewhere you didn't want to be. And look at you now, saved, sanctified, Holy Ghost filled, living a life. And God has blessed you beyond measure. And you want to question me? Look at yourselves is what he's saying. <laughs> he like, since you seek proof of Christ speaking to me, examine yourself to see whether or not you are in the faith. Are you here? In essence, they themselves were proof of, of his apostleship. They were proof of his apostleship. It was through him that they were led to the Savior. That's why anybody, you know, who's left here, 
you know, I'm not, my thing is, Krista, whatever you do, do it right. That's all. Do it God's way. But, but I do know that wherever they go, they know how to serve. And, 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 and most times that's how it is. But if you leave wrong, it ain't, you know. But, but they leave, and man, and Rev, you, boy, thank you for Sequita. She certainly know how to work. Yeah, because she's been trained well. In other words, you are proof that I'm authentic. This is what I was saying. Then he said, there are only two possibilities as it is with you and I when you examine yourselves. Either Jesus Christ is in us or we're disqualified. We're spurious. We're not genuine. We're not authentic. Fakes. Imposters. Counterfeits. So when we, when we test ourselves, we're either going to find out I'm either serving or I'm segregated. Jesus is in me or I'm faking the front. That doesn't mean you're not saved. It just means I got work to do. I need to connect. I need to distance, disassociate myself from those who have pulled me away. Now, let's look at some of those individuals. Are you with me? Now, we said that word segregate, it means to withdraw, to go, to, to go apart, to separate from the main body, to isolate yourself, to be distracted, to be disconnected. So someone who is, let, let, let me tell you something. I, I pray specifically that Holy Spirit will convict us. Not condemn. He never condemns. Convict means to arrest, if you will. Point out where you need to change. It doesn't condemn. Say, stop. Check yourself. So this is about, again, examining me. And if I'm taking any other kind of way, I'm allowing offense to say that and I shouldn't do that. You see, again, I'm, I'm letting that pride, take, that ego getting in the way now. I come. Because <laughs> it's like this. If, if you're doing what you're doing, there's no need to. Sometimes we tell on ourselves by disconnect. I came. I'm there every week sometimes. <laughs> I go when I can. It's not even about that. Listen, it's about it, look, it's about being better today than I was yesterday. It's about, Lord, thank you, Lord, thank you, because I, I did veer to the left a little, a little bit, but I'm glad that you getting me right back where I need to be. That's what it's about. Yeah, nobody should be feeling uh, some kind of way. Should be feeling good, Lord, thank you, Jesus. I was going the wrong way. Oh, Lord, I'm glad you, I'm, I'm glad you showed me, Lord. And let me say this, and I will write this down for you, or think about it. You can write it down, but check this out. Think about it. If you're progressing in life, in some measure, it has to do with having the right people in your life. I'll say it again. If you are progressing in life, in some measure, it has to do with having the right people in your life. If you are regressing in life, it's due in part because of having the wrong people in your life. I said again, if I'm doing good, iron sharpens iron. So does a man the countenance, the face, the character, the shape of his friend. So when I'm connected to the right people, it's for my betterment. Bad company corrupts good habits. So when I'm around the right people, uh, uh, there should be some progression in my life. But if I'm constantly, constantly regressing and seem as though I'm going backwards, rest assured, check the people out in your life. Who am I hanging around? I need to cast lots. But, but why? Because before he came, everything was smooth. My life seemed to be smooth. But now it's turbulent and rocky. I need to look around me. Who?
is it? Think about it. Whether it's a marriage, work, whatever, it was a person. You know, we was cool until she came. See? Church. Some people committed, faithful. It's not until they connect with the wrong individual or the wrong group that they start promising, man, I'm coming, worshiping, tithing, giving, I'm active in church, I'm doing all the right things, then shut down the stuff, a lot of stuff I used to do in club and ain't getting high, I ain't doing nothing anymore, and, 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 I, and, and, I'm, and I'm enjoying my relationship with Jesus. Then, if I, if I revert to those things somewhere, somehow, I connected again, either with the people before or a different set of people who are themselves distracted. So if I'm doing good, it's, it's doing part because of the connections. If things aren't good, check your connections. And people act like the word is not true. Bad company corrupts good habits. What part of that is hard to understand? It corrupts good habits. And it shouldn't be a double standard. It shouldn't be you can do it, but pastor can't do it. I ride by the club. Oh, see, I told you, look at him. He, it shouldn't be that you could participate of all the festivities, but if I just peek in a door, <laughs> he ain't never been right. Show me your credentials. <laughs> so, so, so notice Holy Spirit will have us to slow down and test and evaluate ourselves to see whether we are in the faith. What do you mean? Are you living your life as a committed believer? Just ask that question. Say that to yourself. Whisper it real. And I'm going to see who's going to do it, too, because I'm going to look. I'm going to pan the audience. Say, Seth, am I living my life? Uh, let me, I'm going to start over here, and I'm going to pan now. Everybody looking at me. Everybody look at me. I'm going to start with Fred now. If you ain't looking, I'm, I'm, I'm going to call you out. <laughs> Tell Chris to zoom in on you. Ask yourselves now, Seth, am I living my life? Look, Carter, you looking at me? All right. <laughs> Am I living my life? Okay. As a committed believer. Just ask yourself that. Think about it. Because either I am or I'm not. If I am, let it serve as an impetus to keep on doing it. If I'm not, same thing. Let it serve as a motivator. I got to get on track. Why? Because there are people that I'm to serve. And if I do not do that, perhaps that, those individuals that are supposed to come to know Jesus through me, I don't want to be a hindrance. Let me say it that way. I, I, don't, I don't want to hinder anybody in the marketplace from receiving Jesus because I'm disconnected. And you go among people every day. Yes, you do. I don't want to be, I, I don't want to be the reason why Brother Damien is not inquisitive about the God that I serve. Matter of fact, I want him to be, man, hey man, you know, I noticed you're different about it from everyone else. What is it? See, that's the door. Now you can tell him about the Lord that you serve. Are you here? All right, now let's look at this warning. Second Timothy 2. Are you there? See, it took us a minute to get there, but we're there now. So who's writing? Apostle Paul. He's in prison, in a dungeon. This is his last letter. And he's writing, and he's given this young pastor at the church of Ephesus by the name of Timothy uh, some instructions. And he gives him a description of the conditions that will exist in the last days before Christ returns. So he's given him some pastoral advice. He's giving him instructions. Then he begins to describe the character of people, how they will live. Believers now, you got to listen to me. So these 18 characteristics that we're going to see, he's not talking about the heathen. He's talking about people who bear the name of Jesus. Are you here? So in, in chapter 
of this uh, chapter three, he's talking about the coming apostasy or the abandonment, the betrayal of believers, those who will renounce, even someone will even renounce the God that they serve to follow false religions. So he's writing to give final instructions, encouragement, okay? Then too, he incites Timothy, listen to this part, to remain solidly strong and grounded as a leader, not just as a leader, but in the Christian faith, and to endure suffering during the difficult days to come. So he's saying, in order for you to maintain in these evil, dire days, you have to be strong. You have to be rooted. And the key verse throughout all of 2 Timothy is 2.15. Be diligent to study, to show ourselves approved unto God. A workman need not be ashamed. Rightly dividing the word of truth. See, that's, gonna be, that's what's going to hold you. You got to be diligent to know the word. So when these false teachings and prophets and apostles and people rise, you won't be strayed by a false doctrine. Why? Because I'm grounded. Why? Because I've studied the word, and when I hear erroneous teachings, I know that is not God. But you've got to be grounded. And I submit to you why so many Christians fall away is because they're not grounded. They're not students of the word. So you've got to be grounded. Another reason why you have to be grounded because it's easy for us to serve Christ for all the wrong reasons. We, some serve him because it's exciting. It may seem rewarding, personally enriching. But without a proper foundation, we find it easy to quit during difficult times. See, people who quit, tuck, tail, and run during difficult times, those are people who had no solid foundations. So when the winds come and the storms come and the floods come and they blow on that house, because it was not founded on the rock. It was built on sand. That's why you have to be solid in what you believe. So without a solid foundation, we find it easy to quit during difficult times. So every believer needs a strong foundation. I'll say it again. Every believer needs a strong foundation. So the onus or the responsibility is on you to be a student of this word. You hear? Now, the emphasis in this chapter is on knowledge and responsibility. So he's giving some instructions. It's on knowledge and responsibility. So he informs Timothy about the character in the last days and how he should respond. Okay? Now, I, I want you to note this. I want you to note this. Because the interesting or the remarkable thing is that the very condition that exists among the heathen or the unsaved in their savagery and uncivilized state will characterize professing believers in the last days. That's what he's saying. How solemn is that? That the believer, you won't be able to identify the believer from the heathen or the non-believer. You know, they're living in such a manner that in your wildest dreams, you would have never associated him with being a believer. That's not a good, te a good testimony. Again, we're working on it. So no one should take this as, oh, no, 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 I got work to do. Lord, I thank you that you're maturing me daily. I thank you that I'm growing in my sanctification every day. Now, in verses 2 through 5, basically, we see about 18 characteristics of mankind during the last days. How many? Uh, okay, now, now, just for your learning in biblical numerology, 18 is the number of slavery and bondage. So we're talking about people who are living this way. They're deeply in bondage. 
church. You know how people are in bondage to money? In bondage to pride? We're going to see this. Christians. Hananas. See, you got you to know that. You got to know the difference, too. Don't just think how somebody go off in the tongue. That, 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 let me tell you something, man. You, 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 when you See, that's why having Holy Spirit is so vitally important. He can tell you, I can see straight through that. That woman has a spirit of a witch on her. But if you're not discerning, you'd be falling out. Oh, he got it. Yeah, he got it all right, and you're about to get it because you don't know the word. So you have to know. And let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Just like with the seven sons of Siva, the enemy knows who's anointed and who's not. And he knows who to cut up with and who not to bother. I've been doing this 23 years. I've seen it about being all, been a lot of places, seen a lot. And the one thing I do know, and I've been some places with people doing some nonsense, but when they came to me, they knew, no, man, I'm let me skip over him. And I was waiting because I, I don't have a problem putting you in check when you're out of line and out of order. God is not the author of confusion. And people play on that if you don't know. So you have to know. I was doing something for the church one time, walking in the store, and another man, a guy in there, and as soon as he said, Pastor Rick, how about that? I'm okay. Then he said, I said, I'm good. Then he stopped. Because <laughs> I'm here on business. Y'all can play them games with me, man. Then there's times people speak, and I know it's God. No, this is me. And I'm saying, you have to know. So just because somebody come to you, you better know, Holy Spirit, is he a fake or a fraud? Because you might end up receiving something. It's not that it was God, but because you came into agreement with it. Yeah. It wasn't God, daughter, but since they came into agreement with it. We're going to see this. So we see about 18 characteristics. Notice, 18 is symbolic of bondage. So people who are operating in this, they're in bondage. Are you here? Then, too, he says, he lets them know that a committed believer. So we'll say committed believer. We're talking about a servant, one who serves. Should not have nothing to do with the people that Paul describes in this section. What do you mean? I shouldn't have a, make alliances with them. That doesn't mean you can't minister to, and, and, but it, you, we, we, we not going to be hanging buddies. That's what he meant. You got to be balanced. It doesn't mean when I see you coming, I go the other way. No, we not hanging out like that. Who gets what I'm saying? So you can still go visit mama then. No, you can still do the, 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 what they call them, get the gathers or whatever. So if, if, if mama having to get together, and I know Uncle Earl going to be over there and Earl and them like to drink and get high. I'm not going to not go because Earl and him, I'm going to go and I'm going to let the light of Christ shine through me. And for whatever reason, Earl ain't do it that day. Why? Because Earl sits that anointing. And if he did do it, God bless. I'm praying for Earl. And I'm not going up to Earl and telling Earl how he going to hell and what all he need to do. And get it. The, the Lord know how to do Just you let the Lord do what he do. Who was that for? Okay. So, so, so this year when you go to the picnic, show them that you are not a automaton. You're not a robot. You are a human with flesh and blood. Girl, I got my shorts on, flip-flops, hair now. Hey, girl, how you doing? Is that, is that? She speaks. He walk. He's human. He wears shorts. Crocs.
Christians can wear Crocs. And here five people done got saved because they seen that you are human and still love Jesus. Let's read these verses, man. Verse 1, okay? But know this. Watch this. It was bad then. And things are only getting progressively worse. Yes, look, look, just open your eyes. <laughs> are you here? But know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful. Look, look. He's not talking about heathen men. See, because what, what a lot of Christians do, they read this. Yeah, yeah, they're going to hell. He, no, he ain't talking about them. He's talking about Christians. <laughs> he's talking about Christians right here. Like Timothy, look out for believers who will have these characteristics, these traits. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers. Then we'll explain all these in a minute. Blasphemers, disobedient to parents, not just, look, spiritual parents. Not trying to lord over you, but as a, of course, God is over his church. I'm just a steward over his flock. I walk and operate in his authority. Because if I operate in mine, y'all be like, man, he ain't. No, no, I know. It's I give you instruction based upon what I've received from you. Are you here? So if, if God is instructing him or her, I, I, I want to submit in such a way where it doesn't cause them to sigh. That's what Hebrews 13, 17 puts it like. You know what sighing is? Like a, You live in a such a way that every when when they when the phone rings and they see us, you you don't want your pastor going. Somebody said, Pastor, you do that too good, because I I, I th- 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 that's sometimes I have to when I see it. You don't, want, you don't want it to be that. Amen. Disobedient parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving Christians, unforgiving. See that? That's that offense. Unloving, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control. See, they're not even allowing Holy Spirit to work because we know that self-control is one of the characteristics of the fruit of the Spirit. So if I want to possess self-control, I need the power and presence of the Holy Spirit operating in my life. Okay? Uh, brutal. Despisers of good. Do y'all see this? Traitors. Headstrong. Haughty. Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers. It used to be a time, and I say this Wednesday night, that the world respected a day of rest. When I was little, I mean, I'm young, but when I was younger, what's it about? Half y'all older than me. Where did that come from? Who did that? What's that about? Who does that? <laughs> I mean, they did that, Ken, like, like, <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying, no, where's the lie at is what I'm saying. <laughs> what do you say? No lies detected. Yeah. Uh, traders, <laughs> headstrong, haughty, 
Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. It used to be a time where the world recognized the day of rest. Back to what I was saying when I was a young boy. <laughs> only thing that was open on Sundays was the filling station. And, and they might have had Coke, Pepsi, on the outside, vending machine, and some, some crackers. Yeah, they were shut down. And pe- people spent time eating together as families. Things were kind of slowed down because nothing was open, so you couldn't, wasn't nowhere to really go. Wasn't anywhere to really go. But now, everything, you go in the gas station now, you can get pizza, chicken wings. You had some chicken wings the other night, didn't you? How you doing? Okay. All right. (laughs) No, we was out. He stopped. He had some wings. I said, man, I don't know. Just pray over him. I don't know. I don't want it. <laughs> well, he's still here, so he must be all right. His stomach is still. Uh, you get pizza, chicken wings. I mean, everything. Lottery ticket. Everything is open. And, and, and now it used to be a time where believers, I'm not saying you won't ever miss a Sunday, but you, they took their worship and devotion seriously. And, not, and, and nothing against it. I'm just using this as an example. Now, the, the saints will live stream doing service, skiing, talking about they living their best life and how good, and he is good, but I, I'm saying, am I... A committed believer. And committed is I'm there more than I'm not. Got real quiet there. Are you here? So we can't allow the world. And listen, don't be afraid to stand up for what you believe. If they're not afraid to infringe on your relationship with the Lord, you can't be intimidated and threatened and say, hey, wait, wait, hold up. Seven days, give me one day to spend with my Lord. You want me here every day? They don't care nothing about your God. Are you here? Having a form of godliness. See, there it go but denying his power. See, y'all thought I was joking. No, Paul said, and from such people, turn away. Do you see this? Look at verse 5. Having a form of godliness, but denying his power. In other words, outwardly, these people seem religious. That's why you need Holy Spirit. Because we're looking on all the movement. They know what to say. You know how the church, you know how you, you know, and we automatically assume that's God. No, not always. You better know. So he's talking about people who make a profession of Christianity of, or being a believer, but their actions speaks louder than their words. And that's what we have to remember. It's not, you could say whatever, but your actions are going to really tell us the truth. Are you here? So by their ungodly behavior, they show that they are living a lie. See, this is what Paul was telling those at Corinth. No, no. Test. See, you, you, you either going to be for real or you're going to be an imposter. When you do the test, are you here? So here's, there's no evidence of the power of God in their lives. That's what it meant. They have experienced reformation, but not regeneration. I, I'm, they've experienced reformation. Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm really born again, but not regeneration. See, that regeneration comes when my mind is transformed, and I start looking more and more like Christ. So don't just leave it at getting saved. Get it. No, no, no. Get in here. Get in this word. And live in such a way that when people see me, they see the Father. Verse 6, for of this sort are those who creep into houses and make captives of gullible women, loaded down with sins, led away by various lusts. Here he talks about how uh, there will be those 
uh, uh, particularly uh, men seeking out women when their husbands are not at home or there's no male present at home and, and, and deceive them with fancy words. That's why the brothers, you have to know the word. Are you here? Verse 7, always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Now, the expression here, always learning, does not mean that they are continually learning more and more about Jesus and the Word. Rather, it means that they are constantly delving into one cult after another, but never able to come to the knowledge of the truth of God's Word. Because if you're in the Word, you're going to learn. No. So, where he says, uh, always learn it, never comes to knowledge of the truth. No. One minute they believe this, one minute they believe that, one, and they just constantly been led astray. Never coming to the knowledge of the truth. That's why Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Are you here? Then, then I think in, in John he says, uh, I think it's John uh, 17, 17. Sanctify them, set them apart by your truth. Why? Your word is truth. Do you see that? So God's word is truth. His word equals truth. And it is by that truth that God sanctifies us to set us apart for himself. Are you with me? I'll say, okay, so verse 8. We're almost there. You hear? Let's look at verse 8 and 9. Now, as Janez and Jamrus resisted Moses, so do these also what? Resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds disapprove concerning the faith. But they will progress, what? No further, for their folly will manifest to all as there's also uh, before. If you remember, uh, Janus and Jamrus, uh, these were mag magicians back in Moses' day. If you remember, when Moses turned the water into blood, they copied them. They copied that miracle. When he brought up the frogs, they copied that miracle. But when he did the miracle of lice, they couldn't duplicate it. Are you with me? So what he's saying, Satan is an, is an imitator. In other words, what, what God does, Satan will always counterfeit. Are you here? So the religious leaders in the last days will have a counterfeit faith. And their purpose is to, is to promote a lie and resist the truth of God's word. So that's why, again, whether they have on civic attire, collar, robe, whatever, you, you have to know the word whereby you won't be deceived. Are you here? Colossians 2 and 8. Notice, and this really goes with verse uh, 2 and 8 goes with, uh, verse 7, the expression, uh, always learning, never come to the knowledge of the truth. Look at this. See to it that no one takes you captive by what? Through philosophy and empty deception, swayed on intellectual babble according to the tradition and, and musings of mere men, following the elementary principles of, uh, principles of this world rather than following the truth. I'm talking about the teachings of Christ. Back to verse 8 9. So they denied the authority of the Bible and substitute human wisdom, and philosophy. This is what he's talking about these false leaders are going to do. They're, listen, they're going to deny the authority of the Bible and substitute human wisdom and philosophy for the truth. That's already going on. Listen to some of these so-called intellectuals. God is just... I don't believe he is just the kind of God that would just limit himself and want everyone to serve him. I, I believe we serve a God that, that whatever God of your choosing or your liking, that's what people are saying, man. And Christians buying into it. Oh, they're all the same. If you have one, you have them all. You better know your word. Are you here? 
So Janaez and James were finally exposed and made fools by the judgments of God. The same thing what verse 9 is, tells us about these false ones today. So it's important to know, watch this, these false teachers and teachers. It's important to know that these people operate under the guise of religion. They have a form of godliness. And that's what, that's what fools a lot of people. People having a form of godliness. You know. Are you here? But denying the power thereof. They are religious but rebellious. Are you here? 18 and we'll close. Well, let's look at these 18 characteristics and we'll close. People to turn away from. These aren't my words, so you can't look at me talking about, man, ain't, man, he talking about, he, I didn't write this. You hear? Lovers of themselves. These are the people who are self-centered, conceited, egotistical, lover of self. Lovers of money, these people who are greedy, again, they're avaricious, they do anything for money. And let me tell you this, don't sell your soul out for a dollar. There are some things that should be more important than money. And you should have the attitude, man, there may be a lot of things uh, money can do, but it's, it, you know, I'm not going to sell my soul and deny my God over a dollar, two dollars, or whatever the amount may be. Are you here? They're greedy, man. Bolsters, braggarts, full of swelling great words. L- listen, let me tell you something. I always be humble. Let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. <laughs> There's always somebody with more walking with greater humility. For one, let's start there. I always be humble, man. Whatever you have, be humble. Because just when you think you got the perfect body, there's another woman. There's another man to make you go hide the rest of the year because you, you thought you was the stuff. But see, that's why you have to be humble. Are you here? Ah, look at this. Yeah, I just got this, man. It was only two made. I got one and a manufacturer. I got the other one. Don't, don't, don't. Why? Because there's always somebody else. You bragging about having the other one, and the man that you're talking to owns the whole corporation. Even just the, 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 the anointings on your life, don't, if God gives you a word, you can't take credit for it. To give some, no. Yeah, man. Man, I call that everything. I, I, I ripped that, man. I read her. See, now you're being prideful. Rather than, Lord, thank you for using me. I, I, I can barely put a sentence together, but you use me. See, that, see we, can't, we, we, can't, we, can't, we can't be boastful, man. No, man, don't do that. Don't do it. Are you here? And, and whatever it is, it, 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 it even when it comes to, we all like nice things, God bless that. That's part of it. The reason why we are attracted to nice things because that's a part of your royal priesthood. It ain't, it ain't just like you just, no, you, that, that's part of that royalness in you. But don't throw it in our face. We see it. Okay, you, you see my shoes, don't you? You ain't got to do that. Don't do that. Because whatever it is, Brother Damon, we'll see it. And if we don't say anything, don't let it twi- get you all contorted. Be- because if you're seeking that, that's your reward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I wore my new hair. They could have said something about it. See, th- that, that's, you're proud. Haughty. Notice, proud. These are the arrogant, the overbearing. They are the status seekers. And and Christians are buying into that now. Status. 
want to be approved by people who <laughs> wouldn't help you with a power bill if you needed two dollars. Status seekers, and let me say something about the status seekers. Those who feel as though they have status would do anything to keep it. So if you want them individuals, you, you and and we see that people will cut throat, step on whoever, insult you, attack you, do whatever to keep their status. So those who feel as though they have status would do anything to keep it. And those who are status seekers would do anything to get it. See, that's proud. So you have those who are willing to do anything, cutthroat, whatever, to keep it. Then those who are seeking it are willing to do anything to get it. Don't be that person. Blasphemers, these are the evil speakers. These are the profane, the abusive, foul mouth. People who's always assaulted. These are the people who usually offended. Why? Because they're slanderous. Foul mouth. Contemptuous, contemptuous, disobedient to parents. These are the rebellious, the, the uncontrolled. I know how to hear from God. But you see, here's the thing when people, if you, if you are really a worship of God and know how to hear from God, you will live your life in alignment with his word. Don't tell me you're hearing from God and not doing things the way God said to do. Because if I'm, if I'm really submitted to him, I'm going to do it his way. Not talking about, I know how to, but see, God is a God of all. He's not the author of confusion. So he's not going to have me out here tripping. Talk, then I'm talking about I'm walking in agreement with his word. I'm not. Are you here? Unthankful. These are the ungrateful, lacking in appreciation. Unholy. Lacking reverence for God. Profane. Nothing sacred. It used to be a time, you, you know, let me say this. Let your relationship with the Lord mean something to you. Let where you are a part of mean something to you. Yeah. Say this, I belong. Are you here? Unloving. These are the hard-headed. I'm sorry, hard-hearted. <laughs> they hard-headed too. <laughs> hard, hard-hearted, unfeeling, insensitive. You ever seen this? This, this, this? Let me tell you something. Some Christians can be ruthless. Not because I said it, because the Word of God lets us know that they, they'll be prevalent in the last days. Unforgiving Christians. How can you study your Bible? Say you're in worship. Know you're harboring offense. Unforgiving. The Holy Spirit doesn't say anything to you about that. I'm just saying, how, I mean, I'm talking about saints for real people who, yeah, 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 I, I have a relationship with God, but is he saying anything about the unforgiving nature? Slanderers. These are people who spreading false and malicious reports and without self-control, men of uncontrolled passions given to immoral and improper conduct. Brutal. These are the people who are savage, unprincipled. Christians. Are y'all here? Look, despisers of good, haters of whatever or whoever is good. These are the people who oppose the goodness in any form. That shouldn't, that shouldn't even be named among believers. Are you here? Traitors. Y'all know what traitors are, don't you? These are treacherous. Betrayers. Headstrong. Reckless. Self-willed. My way or no way. Honey, I think the Lord said, no, he ain't said that. Headstrong. You, Jane, I'm Tarzan. Sit down. (laughs) 
let, let me tell you something. Don't think everybody who's smiling in your face is at peace. Sometimes the smile is to cover up the hurt and the pain. So don't let, don't let, don't let the five minutes around you think that it's all. Because if they could call you, they would, but they're afraid to. Are you here? Headstrong. Haughty. Very conceited. Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Those who love sensual pleasures but not God. I want to challenge you, beloved. And, and I guess we'll pick up here next week where we stopped last week. Three primary ways we serve within the body. Um, we'll get there. But I, I want to challenge you as the Apostle Paul did those at Corinth. Examine yourselves to see whether or not you are in the faith and live in your lives as committed believers. And here's the thing. Either I am or I'm not. And if I'm not, it, it, I shouldn't get broke. I don't I shouldn't get broken up about it. No, I'm just going to make some adjustments. I'm going to do an about face. Watch this. Turn away from those, Brother Moore, who might encourage me not walking the right way. Pastor's not telling you to be a hater. No, pastor's encouraging you to do what the Word of God says. If it's somebody that's causing me to live a life that's not congruent with the Word of God, I love you, but and you're a good person, you're just not good for me. See, that's the thing. We got to understand who's good for me. There's a lot of good people out here. I'm not saying you're not a good person, but everybody's not good for you. Who gets what I'm saying? So examine yourselves. Am I a committed believer? Or am I segregated, somewhat withdrawn, disconnected? And see, again, just because I show up doesn't necessarily mean that I am connected. And see, when I'm connected, there's participation with my time, with my talents, my gifts, and with my contributions, financial support. Who gets that? See, when I'm committed, those three things are going to be consistent all the time. My talents, I'm serving. My time, you can count on me. And my financial contributions, I'm sowing into the work where God has placed me. Come on, let's get a Lord of hand clap of praise. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to make a donation and support this ministry as we expand the kingdom of God, please visit ShekinahGloryFC.com or download our church app from iTunes App Store or Google Play by searching Shekinah Glory FC and click Give to make your donation.